Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are joining us here for the In Control Family Foundation's Safe Driving Podcast. And with us today is Jeremy Randall. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, Dan. Jeremy is our Director of Operations and has been kind enough to deal with me through these podcasts. And today's challenge is City Driving Part 2. This is a carryover from what we just did talking about teaching your teen driver to operate the vehicle in the complex environment of city streets. This is not something where we want you to show up during rush hour the first time or drive into a city when a concert gets out the first time. We want you to build up through these lessons. But I I do really think ultimately you want to make sure that your teen, before they get their license, has experienced a little bit more busy driving in city environments uh, than less. Even if you don't live in the city, the last thing you want to do is send them into some event and and have them come back uh, shaken up or worse yet, having crashed. So Jeremy, why don't you take us through lesson one? Sure. So we're on a somewhat busy city street, but we're not going to be there at least early on in the busiest times of day. So we want to try to Uh, make sure we ease our new driver into this because in cities, there's just so much going on. And that's why it's important to kind of go over some of this, some of these things over and over again, but take it step by step. So we're really going to work on our lane position to start. And now we're starting to concentrate more on those hazards and how to avoid the actual obstacles, the hazards that are there. And so we want to remember to, to talk through and point out what might be there, what's commonly there. And I think this is a great time where when you first get to that city area, you are driving as the the parent, the experienced driver, and you're talking through some of this stuff. And it'll just make it so much easier when you model it first for your new driver. So especially situations in which the right lane might be blocked, right? You know, you got buses, cars, delivery trucks, cyclists, and maybe even pedestrians, people opening their doors on the side of the road that are parked along the side of the road. Those are all great uh, obstacles you're going to come across in the city. And so make sure you talk through those. Um, you see a pedestrian walking between two cars. And as an experienced driver, you're most likely going to slow down, right? You're going to think maybe this person's just going to run out in front of me. And so, you know, but this is something you need to point out to a new driver. They don't necessarily think that way yet. And the goal is to get them thinking in the right way. You have left lane obstacles as well. People making left turns, cars traveling in the opposite direction, especially distracted drivers will often, you know, come over the to the wrong side of the road occasionally. So these are things to be very aware of. And we really just need to concentrate on seeing the potential for a bad situation and talking it through with our new driver. First is a modeling situation, then when it's their turn to actually drive. And one of the best ways to do this is to always be talking about being in the best lane for the fewest amount of hazards and obstacles to come up. So, you know, they, they point out here that on a three lane road, the middle lane is, is generally the best one to be in because many hazards are going to come first into the left hand lane or the right hand lane. So you, you tend to be a little bit better off when you're further away from potential hazard. Uh, another thing that they really want to emphasize here in the guide, and, and I really like is that when there's something out of the ordinary, so there's a car double parked or a truck double parked, well, it limits your vision. And whenever your vision is limited, you just don't know what's going to happen next. And so the best plan, if you can move over, move over a bit to give yourself more room and more time, but also definitely reduce your speed. So, you know, when I'm driving in the city, there is no emphasis on speed. I am taking my time because there's just so much that can go wrong. And the slower you're going, the more time and control you have over your vehicle. Jeremy, I think that covers it really well. 
my experience with city driving is no different than yours. You know, I'm not looking for excessive speed. I'm not looking to get anywhere quickly. I'm basically looking to survive and not take anybody out in the process. And there's so much going on when you're driving down a city street from cars leaving parking spaces, pedestrians coming out of nowhere. It's just, and and I, I like something we said in the last episode about being able to mimic these environments in the center of a town. You, you may be able to go somewhere where it's a little bit busier and spend a little bit more time there. And to, to our point, you know, you start this drill or this exercise working with your new driver by going somewhere that's not going to be as busy, but has all the elements that we're talking about. But then eventually you need to start going when it's busier and ultimately, you know, try to go when you think it might be the busiest. If you live around the Boston area and you can run into the Fenway Park area you know, just before a baseball game, that is one heck of a test that they can handle city driving. And that would be a good way to know that if they go off into their own ventures in the city on their own, they're much better served by the experience they've had with you. Yeah. You know, again, there's one other thing that just occurred to me too. And, you know, when we're talking about giving tips to parents of new drivers, I I think this is a pretty good one. Um, One thing I would definitely recommend is very early in the process, if you do end up in a fairly busy area, they've never driven there before. You're a new new driver. You may have, and they may have been in the back seat and you kind of think, okay, they must be familiar with it. Chances are they've probably been looking down most of the time or they're paying attention to something else. So one thing I would recommend is let them just go where they're going to go, especially early on. Because when you start adding in, okay, complicated turns, you know, and especially in, in some of these cities that are maybe not designed as well as they could have been, all of a sudden you have to be over five lanes to try to turn left and everything's so busy and there's cars whizzing by and there's there's cabs and Ubers and whatnot. And so just to be able to let them drive without a specific path might be a good early step and then get into that more complicated situation of thinking ahead or even potentially by the end, they're going to be using GPSs by the time they're getting really good at city driving is to start including more of that more complicated path through the city, right? Instead of taking the highway through the city, maybe you take all back roads through. There's going to be a heck of a lot of turns and a lot of lane changes they have to make ahead of time. But just make sure you're building up to that over time. Now, when it comes to the deadly distraction part here, you know, kind of lesson two in city driving part two, really, I think the emphasis on talking about distracted driving here again is the fact that distracted driving becomes that much more deadly when there's so many more hazards. And Dan and I have both mentioned multiple times how many potential hazards and obstacles you're going to come across just driving through a even a, a fairly rural town center, never mind a, a big you know New York City or Boston or Seattle or any of these larger cities around the United States. So we need to overemphasize how important it is to avoid any distraction. Cell phones are, again, one of those ones that we really never have to have. So those can just go away. But even radio station changes, having a snack or a drink of water or something like that, that maybe you might say, oh, that's not the worst thing in the world on the highway. It's not good. But maybe as a parent, you're saying you can get away with it. Not in the city, right? And not that I think it's okay on the highway either. I'm just trying to emphasize that I know we all have our own feelings on some of this stuff. But when it comes to any of these distractions in the city, the risks are so much greater that we have to just make it a, no, we can't do it right? When I mentioned using the GPS earlier, if that's something that's going to be in the car with them and they're going to need it to get through a city, that's just like the last step. Before that, we need to be as distraction-free as we possibly can. And there's just, uh, even the intense conversations, we've mentioned overall, overall, 
this is a great time to spend with your young driver, your teen, but it's not one where we should have an engaged conversation really at all. And we need to stick with just kind of driving and being somewhat unemotional in the conversation. But especially here in the cities, you got to make sure their concentration is on those mirrors, on those obstacles, on the potential hazards. Their eyes are going to be darting all over the place. And this is a good thing because we don't know where things might come from. So try to stay almost out of their way as they get better and better at this type of driving. Because it's the same thing for us. Somebody asks you, uh, asks you a question and you're trying to be as safe as you can in the car. It's often, uh, I, I, I don't know, I'll answer that later. Hold on. You know, and we want to make sure we don't push that. As a, an experienced driver, we're trying to teach them. Too much information might be a bad thing. But again, you are going to know your new driver better than, than I do sitting here in front of my computer. Yeah, I think I'll add experience-wise for someone who travels occasionally and you get yourself into that rental car and you head out into a city you've never been in, that is the experience new drivers have from day one, except for you know how to drive the car. So they're learning the roads as they go along. They're seeing things they've never seen. They're intrigued at the the view. It's different than what they've been experiencing, even if they were in the passenger seat. So there's there's a lot of natural distractions. And then if you bring in unnatural distractions, it just makes it that much more dangerous. And I, I wanted to emphasize what you were talking about with GPS systems. In the cities, even a pretty healthy, strong, newer cell phone or you know a, a standalone GPS built into the car or even something separate sometimes doesn't work properly. The satellites are blocked by buildings. The signals that are there that are supposed to cover when there is blockages aren't working properly. And so that's something that you might not even notice as a seasoned driver because you know where you're going. And you might use the GPS to make sure you you know how long it's going to take or you get to the exact road you're headed towards. But for a new driver, that's something to be aware of and just it's going to throw them off a little bit. So prepare them for as much as you can. Maybe have that as part of the conversation if you do use a GPS and have them traveling around. But you just don't want them surprised in a circumstance where there's going to be so many surprises you can't control. Control the ones you can. Yeah. And in that specific situation where that definitely comes up from time to time in these bigger cities, tall buildings, it's just you're not actually going anywhere right now, probably during a lesson like this. So just go straight, go straight until it comes back, you know, take the easiest route, make, or if you're going to take a left or a right, wait a couple blocks until it's really simple and easy to do. Just go easy on them because the, the more success they have, the better the learning process, right? The more we're upset or we're frustrated with uh, one another in the car, the less we're actually learning along the way too. And so keep that in mind. And maybe all we're learning is I don't want to drive with my mom or my dad anymore. Right? That's not the lesson you want them to take away from something like this. So it's always that stay calm, stay relaxed with more going on. The pressure's increased. That's why this isn't skill one. It's skill 11. Right. So make sure this is done in the right order and, and we're doing it when, when they're ready. And Jeremy certainly makes it sound easy. We know <laughs> that this can be challenging for everybody, but you get to set the tone. And ultimately, if you get the kids riled up and they're anxious about arriving to places on time and you know taking shortcuts for reasons they shouldn't be, that's a dangerous, dangerous thing to, to encourage. So we want you to set that tone. I think the last piece that is worth emphasizing as well is that you don't just want to practice driving in city streets when it's busier and when there's you know the, the ball game getting out or the other things we described earlier. You also want to do it daytime and nighttime. You want to do it in different weather 
situations. I mean, the behavior in a city during snow or during, you know, heavy downpours can be dramatically different than what you're going to experience on highways and and suburban drives. So be conscious of all these opportunities and try to work them into your training. This is one of the reasons why we said 100 hours is certainly more beneficial than 40. It's hard to get all these experiences in just 40 hours, but try to work that into your, your plan with your new driver. Well, Everyone who's joined us today, Jeremy, I appreciate your time. And for those of you hearing us, we look forward to you hearing us again soon.